Hello and welcome to episode 58 of I Said Goddamn. This is Stacy and due to a recent case of laryngitis, which left me voiceless, my portion of the podcast will be a computer-generated voice. Goddamn. Goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not lying. I don't have a voice. But I won't use my phone the remainder of this episode. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I feel like you should. <laughs> It'll just be me and a robot talking. <laughs> Do you know how long that would take for me to type everything up? <laughs> That's fair. And also all of your reactions. What? I'm like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so I guess we could jump into my goddamn. Yeah, let's hear it. I have no fucking voice. That's my goddamn. No, you don't. And... We have a podcast where you need a voice. That's the one thing, a microphone and a voice. That's all you need. Yeah, but your voice is so deep and sexy now. Oh, I know. Actually, I got that. Like two older ladies have told me now that my voice is sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, it sounds like I have a ball of snot in my throat the whole time. You're like, yeah. Very sexy. (laughs) Yes. Balls and throat is sexy. (laughs) Ew. Ew. How you doing, Erin? I'm pretty good. You know, I just got off of work and I went to go pee at your house. And I think I'm like sufficiently Pavloved enough to where like if I get off of work, my first pee, I try to rip my pants off. (laughs) So I like got on your toilet and I'm sitting there and I was like, gotta take my pants off. And I was like, this isn't my house. (laughs) Wait, wait, I don't have any jammies to put on. (laughs) That'll be awkward. (laughs) I think it didn't help that I saw your pants hanging there and I'm like, I want these off my body. Because that's exactly what I do, even though I'm not pregnant anymore. The moment I get home, I rip my pants off and I like hang them on the towel rack. Towel rack. Yeah. No one should be wearing leg prisons at home. No, they are total leg prisons, especially now because Mm -hmm. it's all skinny jeans. Yeah. I'd like to bring back the bell bottoms. Oh my God, I would love to. Parachute pants? Yes. Let's make this happen. Sounds great. (laughs) I'm all for it. I want my jeans to not be touching my skin. Ever. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Well, and especially now I'm fucking pregnant as shit. And so I'm like Ugh. swollen everywhere. I take off my jeans, which are fucking unfortunately skinny jeans. They're maternity skinny jeans. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you're stylish and pregnant. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Ooh, look at you work it, girl. Yeah. But I have like the seam crease on my yep. legs. <laughs> so it looks like I'm just wearing white leggings now. <laughs> Dude, I have that when I'm not pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It just stays a lot longer when you're swollen. Yeah, it's a little deeper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looks like you're still wearing pants. They're just flesh colored. Exactly. My white fucking leggings. <laughs> <laughs> now I get it. Yeah. I miss that. <laughs> well, so you gave your goddamn. Yeah, let me hear your goddamn, Erin. Mine literally just happened oh, God. two minutes before I left work. Oh, dear Lord. I was just sitting there and one of the other ladies there was like getting ready to leave and so we're just chatting. And then I look like, you know, right above her head at the ceiling. Oh God, is this a spider? This is another motherfucking spider Seriously? story. <laughs> yes. Okay. This it thing, is spider season. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be done. They're supposed to be dying off. This thing is like <laughs> a solid fucking size of my, my hand. No. Like from fucking palm to fingertips, size of my hand. No, it wasn't Was it a thing. tarantula? No, it was a black widow. <gasps> Yeah. Oh, that's worse. And it was on the ceiling, like just fucking hanging out. No. In my office. It's probably in your hair now. Well, here's the thing. I work with 
usually it's me, two other ladies, and a dude. Yeah. Well, the dude had already left for the day, so, like, there goes the fucking spider exterminator. Yeah, That's you're why fucked. I hired you. You guys are all fucked. Yeah. Might as well just light it on fire, walk away, start all over. I, I was ready to. Yeah. Yeah, but then one of the other ladies was like, well, I'll get rid of it. I'll get rid of it. And she's a very sweet lady, and so she's like... Um, <laughs> I'll save its life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, I'm just going to save its life. And I'm like, no, you're not. Because if you get a broom or something and fucking touch it, first of all, it's going to just fall and disappear behind, <laughs> like, the microwave that's right there. So, no. And now it's gone forever. Yeah, and I'm like, no, we're going to destroy it. And she got really sad. And I'm like, <laughs> I have a torch, remember? Yeah. A spider killing torch. <laughs> but I can't get up on fucking step stools. Yeah, no, you're too pregnant for that yeah. shit. Yeah. And so me and the other lady were like, no, it has to fucking die. (laughs) (laughs) Smart. I mean, it's a black widow. Yeah, that's what I said. And she's like, no, I don't see any little red spot on it. And I'm like, I don't really give a fuck what you see. I don't care if it's a mommy or a daddy. (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna die. And so then she wanted to save it, but she was the only one willing to like risk it. Yeah. Like me and the other lady were like, nah, fuck that. It's out of my pay grade. I don't know what to do. You guys should just like build a wall around it. Yeah. (laughs) And then it just has a room. Like, this is your home now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I went next door to where is there? There's some batting cages. Uh huh. And, and you was, looked for an eligible bachelor. I did. I looked for an eligible man. <laughs> and I went over there, and there was an older gentleman, a middle-aged gentleman, a dude my age, and a child. Uh-huh. And so I walk over, and everyone immediately is like, "Whoa, got one bun in the oven, right?" Because that's yeah. I'm fucking obviously pregnant. Yeah, and you like waddle over like, excuse me, sirs. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, how do you get a dude to come to a spider that's like not like they're their a problem? Work. Yeah, it's not yeah. their problem. Exactly. And so it's like, I'll just exaggerate it greatly. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, hey, um, I have a huge favor to ask to the guy that owns the place. And he's <laughs> he's the like middle aged gentleman. And he's like, okay, looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing over here? He's like, no, don't make me do this. Yeah. (laughs) Because you're fucking pregnant, so I have to say yes. Exactly. God damn it. And I was like, um, there's a spider over there, and it's roughly like, I would say, the size of my head. (laughs) 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 And I need it to die. (laughs) And the guy that's like my age was like, it's the size of your head? And I was like, oh, he doesn't understand. No, he doesn't get sarcasm. Yeah, (laughs) he doesn't get sarcasm. Oh, shit. And then the child was like, you know, seven or eight or something, was like, what? I want to see it. And then (laughs) his dad, I think, was the older gentleman, and he was just like, I got to see this thing. And I was like, I greatly (laughs) over-exaggerated. So I'm like, like I was just, I was just kidding. It's, it's maybe the size of like my palm. (laughs) But that's still pretty fucking large in spider- sizes yes it is basically the size of your head so then i had a whole fucking troop of dudes coming over (laughs) to look at it oh god and uh they destroyed it with a baseball bat because what else would you fucking use i mean they were at batting cages (laughs) they were at batting cages (laughs) what are you gonna fucking teach it a lesson break all its legs (laughs) do they make like a hole in the wall or anything (laughs) no they did like poke it with the the handle end i was surprised oh yeah i'm like you and then he just sat there like holding on to the handle end (gasps) Oh, yeah, it was probably because like the handle's flat. Is the top flat or is it kind of like a cone? I think it's either one. Like certain mm. bats have the yeah. have the divot and yeah. then certain ones don't. Yeah. I didn't take oh, a good terrible. look at that one. It was a wood bat. <laughs> <laughs> a Louisville slugger. Yeah. Okay, wait. I learned on the internet and I did not fact check this at all. Okay. Dear God, hopefully I can get through my story with my voice, guys. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> But the show must go on. Yes, it will. Okay. I learned on the internet that 
when a spider dies and their legs curl up, mm-hmm. it's because their little spider legs, they work on like hydraulics of their like spider blood. Oh. And so that's how they move is basically a hydraulic system inside of their little body with spider blood. And so when you kill them, that hydraulic system, like the pressure goes down. And so they like curl up into themselves. Oh, I just figured it was like a form of rigor mortis when you like stiffen up. But like, you know, when you kind of like curl into yourself first, yeah, like, like your hands will curl Like a in. super dramatic withering away death. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's probably that too. But like I said, I did not fact check this. So all you spiderologists out there, don't yell at me. Well, listen. But I'm pretty sure spider blood <laughs> and a hydraulic system is how this works. I'm pretty sure that's where they invented hydraulic fluid. <laughs> yeah, they were like, let's imitate the spider legs. Yep. This is a new fact. (laughs) (laughs) How the fuck did someone figure that out? Like dissecting a tiny spider leg. Yeah, right? That's that's not my ideal job. That sounds like (laughs) no. All right, Stacy, you want to get the show on the road so we can get through this with your voice? Yes, let me go first. All right. In hopes that it will make it through an entire story. (laughs) Lay it on me. All right. I'm going to tell you about the murder of Ella Wong. All right. She was a 47-year-old woman who lived in San Francisco, California in the early 2000s. And she was working as an administrative assistant at Laguna Honda Hospital. And she earned like forty dollars to $45,000 a year. Random that I'm mentioning her earning income because we never talk about that. Yep. But it's relevant because okay. this is San Francisco and it's fucking expensive there. Yeah. Housing prices are fucking astronomical. Exactly. So Ella was a Hong Kong native who lived in a four-unit apartment complex for the last eight years. So from like fucking 94 to 2000, she lived in this apartment complex. Nice. And she would help collect the rent for the owners of the other three tenants, right? Okay. I don't know if this like gave her a kickback or what on her rent, but like I said, San Francisco has like notoriously high rent. And usually in that time anyway, I'm sure it's gone up, it costs close to like 1500 bucks a month for a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. So that's a lot of fucking money. So what people would do is they would, and they still do, they would rent out their like spare rooms in their places to strangers so that they could help make rent each month. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So that's exactly what Ella would do. She would find somebody to come stay in her apartment and help her make rent. Okay. A little sketch for uh, a single lady, but exactly. do right? you? Right. Well, if you remember, I said the murder of Ella, so yeah. you're right. It's sketch. Touche. <laughs> Still is sketch to this day. But people do it all the fucking time, right? Yeah. What's that shit called when you, like, rent out your house while you're on vacation? Subleasing or sublet? Yeah, but, like, there's, like, an app, right? Oh, Airbnb. Yeah, there you go. Airbnb. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Except yeah. for, you know. Except for while you're still home. <laughs> yeah. And you, like, share your life with this rando person that you don't know. Yeah, it's like a Craigslist roommate. Yeah, exactly. Great idea. (laughs) Okay, so Ella was living at 4302 Fulton Street, which was right across the street from the Golden Gate Park. Ooh. And that's five miles, less than five miles away from San Francisco State University. So a lot of times it was popular for like university students to be looking for a room to rent. Yeah. And that's exactly who Ella gets. So she meets 27-year-old Fadim Mysedges. I fucking butchered that name, but I didn't Google how to say it. 100%. 100%. That's exactly how it's supposed to sound. Exactly. <laughs> he was a native from Switzerland, so I'm pretty sure that's not how you say it at all. <laughs> but that's okay. And he was studying computer science at San Francisco State University. Okay. Smart guy. Yeah. Exactly. And so they arranged for him to rent the extra room, right? Yeah. 
Ella was described as like this super nice and respectable lady who didn't drink or party or anything. She wasn't like a gambler. She didn't live a risky lifestyle other than the fact that she rented to strangers. It's pretty fucking risky. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> other than that, fucking squeaky clean. Yeah. <laughs> she was loved by her coworkers at her job. Mm-hmm. And she was a faithful parishioner at St. Monica Catholic Church oh. where she attended mass every Sunday. All right. Devoted. Very devout. (laughs) Her friends say that she started to rent to Vadim in early 2000. And she always described him as like a super quiet, but like really nice guy. But Mm -hmm. what she didn't know was that he had a past with some mental health issues. Okay. He did not disclose this. (laughs) Well, I mean. And they didn't do background checks, I guess. She probably didn't. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I'd be like, you look cool. You look trustworthy. Yeah. Come in here. I can totally see mental health issues on your face. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in Switzerland, at the age of 12, Vadim started taking prescription drugs for mental health. And by the age of 14, he was placed in psychiatric hospitalization Ooh. for reasons that were not specified in the articles that I read. All right. But for whatever reason, he had to be in the hospital. Not a great start. No, 12 years old. That's fucking crazy. Although I didn't really mention much of his, like, childhood. So I don't know if it was, like... His own fault or anything. Yeah, genetic or, like, induced. Yeah. Okay, so a year later, when he was 15, he was sent back to the psychiatric ward because he was having suicidal thoughts. And then a year after that, at the age of 16, he was hospitalized because he stabbed a fucking drug dealer. Oh. Yeah. Was he buying drugs from said drug dealer? Probably. Or did it just happen to be like, hey, is that a drug dealer? Gosh, shank, shank. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's buying drugs from a drug dealer because later he admits to taking drugs. Oh, okay. That makes Not sense. Not just the prescribed kind. Yeah. He was put into a youth camp and he escaped it. Oh. <laughs> which I guess probably isn't that hard to do, but still sounds very dangerous. Yeah. He's definitely a dangerous dude. Yeah. And when they caught him, they put him in an adult prison because they were like, all right, dude, you got to fucking get your shit together. Yeah. Knock it straight the fuck off. And while he was in that prison, he assaulted his cellmate. Ooh. So at the age of 21, again, he was hospitalized because he was having delusional thoughts. And he was prescribed antipsychotic meds. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So this guy's having like psychotic episodes regularly. Uh huh. And now he's prescribed the meds as an adult. And now he's going to go live with Ella. And now he's in the United States in San Francisco. Exactly. And he's going to go to college. And Ella offers him this extra room, having no idea that, like, just a few years earlier, he was institutionalized in Switzerland. Uh-huh. And at least doing drugs and stabbing fucking drug dealers. Stabbing people and assaulting people and shit. And yeah. she's just like, he's quiet. He seems nice enough. She sounds like she has my character judgment. Oh, my God. I'm the worst judge of character you are oh shit i would have been like his best friend yep so then in may of 2000 ella attends sunday mass which is like her normal routine mm-hmm. and that is the last time that anyone hears from her oh shit but did she leave sunday mass yeah okay i would imagine so i'm like she wasn't just like sitting in the pews alone <laughs> and then that's the last that anyone ever heard of her <laughs> And she was like, leave me here with God. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> so Monday morning, uh, she's a no call, no show for her work. And her coworkers were alarmed because this was like super out of character for her. Yeah. And then Tuesday morning, she still didn't show up for work. And they were like, okay, no, seriously, something's fucking wrong. Because 
that's not like her at all. And they couldn't yeah. get a hold of her or anything. So her family and coworkers, they file a missing persons report. Good. Yeah, smart. I'm always impressed with how quickly these people do this. Like, even though this one was the second day, I'm still impressed with that. Because I'd be like, I don't know, he hasn't, I haven't seen him for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I didn't want to be dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to like call somebody. What if he was just didn't want to come in anymore? Literally, like, what was it, Friday of this week, you went missing for 12 hours in my world, and I didn't tell a single soul. Yeah. I just went to sleep, and I was like, she probably just forgot to text me. I totally did. (laughs) Okay, so they filed the missing persons, right? Yep. So police go looking, and they find her car, and it was still at her apartment, along with her insulin for her diabetes. Uh Uh-oh. Not a good sign. Fucking everybody's leaving their diabetes medicine around, and they're like, oh, no, it's fine. No, No, it's not fine. You need that shit. You need that to live. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she didn't leave it behind on purpose. Because I'll tell you the rest of the story. You know, like when people, their dogs go missing and they're like, oh, I need my dog back. He's on this special medication. But like, they're really not. They're just trying to pull at your heartstrings to be like, fucking return my dog. People do that? Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. That's why every missing dog poster is like, oh, they're on medication. They need medication to live. Oh, my God. I read the first line and I'm like, I'm done reading because I don't want to be heartbroken for life. Yeah. For this diabetic dog. Yeah. Missing his insulin. Yeah. Literally every every dog or cat or whatever it is. Like, my bunny needs shots three times a day. Please return him. And you're like, no one would keep a bunny if it needed three shots a day. First of all, I'm not being heartless. It's just impractical. <laughs> I know a lady who literally gave her shot, her cat shots every night to keep them alive. Just because we're cheap as fuck. <laughs> cheap and heartless. I guess, I guess I am heartless. I don't know. Although I paid like a couple grand to keep my dog alive after she ate fucking rodent killer. That's true. Okay. Didn't our other friend have a cat with a feeding tube for a while? Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Yeah, so maybe all these animals are sick. <laughs> maybe they are. <laughs> Why are the sick ones going missing? <laughs> They're stealing the wrong cats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So police find her car, still has her insulin in it, right? Yeah. And they're like, this isn't a fucking good sign. Yeah, bad news. Yeah, inside, they look around. Her apartment looks fine, like nothing is astray, mm-hmm. except it looks like her phone had been ripped from the wall. Oh. Like somebody was like, no one can talk on the phone here. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go looking for Vadim because they're like, okay. She had a roommate. Yeah, let's see what's going on here. Maybe yeah. he has some insight. And they find that he had missed classes on Monday and Tuesday. Uh Uh-oh. And they're like, hey, fucker, what the hell? And then they find his car, and it was abandoned, and it was vandalized, which is kind of weird. Uh-huh. And then suddenly, authorities get a call that Vadim had been apprehended by the Stonestown Mall Security. Ooh, mall security? He couldn't Uh, outrun them or what? This guy evidently went total badass. (laughs) mall security they steal from walmart better all right he was inside the macy's wandering around and he took a wooden dowel from one of the store mannequins Mm -hmm. and he was waving it around like it was a sword okay and he even tucked it into his belt as if he had sheathed it (laughs) he's like running around like a fucking pirate in macy's and then security was called because they were like oh there's a pirate loose in macy's And he was swinging his fucking dowel sword at them. And they attempted to apprehend him. And he started, like, babbling gibberish and shit. And he was kicking and biting at the security guards. Oh, my God. So he was, like, fucking batshit crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's off his meds. Oh, yeah. Like, something's wrong. (laughs) Side note, I'm super sad I wasn't there. And two, I wish there was video footage. (laughs) 
But I have not found it. Of a pirate loose in Macy's? <laughs> yes. Yes. They eventually subdue him and they remove him from the store. And as they're doing so, he started yelling shit like, those are my TVs. Which I'm pretty sure Macy's doesn't sell TVs. Uh, they might have in the early 2000s. Like Sears, you know? You think so? I thought Macy's was like apparel. And then like, I mean, fucking Sears plates. is like apparel and everything else. Huh? Maybe they oh. had like one section. I don't know, me. Clearly we don't shop at Macy's. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't think I've been to Macy's since my grandma was alive. <laughs> so they search him and they find a knife, marijuana, and meth. Oh, it's probably the meth. It's probably the meth. <laughs> and also, he's not on his meds. So He's on his meds. <laughs> Dude, I think I'm like high on cough drops right now. <laughs> I need to reel it in. <laughs> or maybe I don't. You know what? Everyone gets one throwaway episode. Let this be mine. Yeah. Use it up. <laughs> yeah. Use it. Okay, so they take him to the station. And while they're interviewing him to be like, yo, bro, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he blurts out. That he was the one who murdered Ella Wong. And they were like, she's murdered? Like, yeah, she was just missing, <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, exactly. So he admitted that he had killed her. The manner of death was not specified. Just that he killed her. Okay. And then he proceeded to skin her <gasps> and chop her up oh. and hide parts of her body in the dumpster around local barks. Why would he skin her? I don't know. That's fucking weird. Because meth. Meth. Not even once. Not even once once people come on oh oh that's awful yeah how did he yeah. know how to skin a person i don't know and then he chopped her up jesus well, like but where this is the thing it's like the apartment was not thrashed around or anything you know like it didn't look like a hot mess why skin a person if you're just gonna chop them up i don't know meth <laughs> meth <laughs> that's messed up <laughs> sorry <laughs> How long have you been holding on to that one? <laughs> God damn, that was fucking perfect. Oh, and now I'm just thinking of Mike Tyson. <laughs> the now Kith meme. Now Kith. Oh, God damn it. Okay. Uh, that meth up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why he fucking skinned her. I don't know what he did with her skin. Yeah. Maybe he was trying to, like, make a skin suit. Like, Make a nipple belt? A nipple belt. Okay. So 1 a.m. that morning, he led investigators to a dumpster at Golden Gate Park where they, in fact, found Ella's torso. Ugh. And it was in a dumpster. Ugh. With no skin on it. With no skin on it. How the fuck do you sneak a torso into a dumpster? It didn't tell me, like, what it was in. Was it in a bag? Was it just a torso? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a skinless torso would be really slippery, too. Ew. And also, it would be, like, not very identifiable. As a torso? Like if you saw it in the trash? Yeah. Right? It would just look like like roadkill probably. The fuck is that? Looks weird. I don't like it. No, it's not good at all. So investigators go to all the other local parks, but they were unable to find the remaining body parts. I don't know if that means that like trash collection came already and they were gone and there was no trash or what, but like they don't recover any other part of Ella, just her torso. And I mean, I'm sure that they're sure it's her. Oh, yeah. They do forensics, and they confirm that it's Ella. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. That's sad. It was just so weird. Like, he admitted to it, right? So he's obviously telling the truth. Yeah. It's weird to me that, like, no other parts were found, and they weren't like, well, let's go check the dump if it was just happened today. Sure, it's at the top of the pile. I don't know how dumps work. I don't either. Probably there's a lot of trash in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. But still. But, like, you could get a cadaver dog. Yeah, exactly. Hey, there's one right here. No, they don't find anything. 
So it wasn't clear what the motive was or the catalyst which set off Vadim to like cause this murder, to commit this murder. Mm -hmm. But one article did mention that Ella had nagged at him and maybe that set him off. I don't know what she was nagging at him for. Like probably fucking like do your goddamn dishes or whatever you nag. I was literally going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the goddamn dishes. Always the dishes. Especially with men. Yes. I'll say it. I said it. I'd say it again. (laughs) I said what I said. Fight me. (laughs) Please don't. I'm sick. (laughs) So what's really interesting though is the defense that uh, Vadim's lawyers went with was that he had killed Ella because he genuinely believed that he had been quote unquote sucked into the matrix. Oh, you want me to say that again? <laughs> sucked into the matrix. Now that makes a lot of sense. Dude thought he lived in the matrix. Therefore, he hadn't really actually murdered Ella because she was really alive in an alternate reality right yeah it was just like her avatar or whatever the fuck yeah, they yeah. use in the matrix no big fucking deal she's fine guys yeah i just i just killed her avatar i was just trying to take like give her a different skin oh do you get the pun why would video you say games? that <laughs> god damn you're on a fucking roll today we gotta do more of these midday things i know right you're on it i had coffee oh i'm so jealous i should have had that i'm like all fucking loopy on cough medicine yeah you just had cough drops yeah it's so many cough drops which is basically like math (laughs) it's like meth this is a good combination for us meth and coffee and coffee and meth (laughs) okay so it turns out that this is like a whole phenomenon where people have successfully used this matrix defense no yes it is no it's not yes it is so these people use this defense based on the Matrix film where reality is a computer-generated simulation, right? Mm-hmm. And the real world is totally different than what we perceive it to be. So you're sitting in a chair somewhere plugged up to this computer. Yeah. Right? When did the Matrix come out? Uh, I think it was like 98 or something. Okay, so relatively around the time of this case. Yeah, yeah. It was like definitely late 90s, right? I fucking love that movie, Side Note. Love it. No. Nope. Don't you do it. <laughs> might ruin our friendship don't you say it i won't say i didn't like it you're saying you never saw it i've seen it maybe what (laughs) i've seen like part of it what i don't think i've ever actually seen the whole thing you guys there's no longer gonna be a podcast (laughs) i cannot be in the same goddamn room as her listen what the fuck are you talking about you never seen it you never saw it all the way through how did you start it and not finish it i can't see keanu in any other role than point break (laughs) <laughs> he will forever be the fucking <laughs> yes he will be him forever in my mind god damn it and yeah. so then they're like oh here he is this badass fighter whatever he is like the chosen kill. one it, sorry that i mean how could and I'm you like, no he's fucking you, not he's just really good at surfing stop it stop it right now you love the basic storyline of like the total normal person who is suddenly chosen like in this dystopian futuresque world oh, and yeah. somehow they have this special talent and they save the whole goddamn planet. Yeah, but not Keanu. He's the nicest motherfucker <laughs> in this whole world right now. I I get that everyone's in love with this. him right now, but I just, I don't. You are in my house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're getting far too off topic. We can discuss this further on the pod group. <laughs> listen, listen, I'll say this once. Okay. And I'm only going to say it once. Okay. We're going to have a day. Oh, dear Lord. And we're going to sit down with our snacks and we are going to watch The Matrix from the beginning to the end. And in return, I will watch The Little Mermaid from the beginning to the end. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't promise me movies if you're not willing to commit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so people use this shit for a defense. 
Okay. They allege that they didn't believe that they were actually killing a real person, but instead the computer-generated simulation of that person, so they're not actually guilty of murder. Yeah, okay. Not fucking buying it. The defense is basically a version of the insanity plea. That's what I was going to say. Why don't they just go with that? Like, Yeah, that's how they get away with it is they're like, no, 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 I fucking believe it. And they're like, you're insane. I guess. Just that's their version of the insanity plea. Yeah. That's stupid. (laughs) I don't like it. I know, but it's interesting as hell, right? It is. So Vadim's lawyers go with this defense that the murder was caused by a psychotic break, which was triggered by him abusing crystal meth. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. And the delusion that he believed that he lived in the Matrix, right? Yeah. This defense fucking worked. That's, nope, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it worked. So the judge finds him mentally incompetent to stand trial. Oh my God. And he was found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity. He fucking skinned her. I know, isn't that weird? I mean, he probably was insane though, because. He's like babbling and waving a fucking wooden doll around like a sword. Yeah, he was a loose pirate in Macy's first. (laughs) So After. After. Yeah, I guess after. But before this defense or whatever. like. But he also had like all that history when he was a child, right? Yeah. So it's not that far off, but still. Uh, the fuck? They didn't do any skinning in the Matrix. I wouldn't know. Did they ever change their skins? God damn it. Did they turn into different people? No. Well, I mean the agents. All the agents are basically the same. So you know what? We're just going to watch it. Okay. But no. I don't have time to explain no the whole movie to you. <laughs> I don't have time in this podcast. <laughs> okay. So they commit him to the state hospital for a maximum of 25 years to life. Maximum? In, oh, of 25 to life. I yeah. was like, excuse me? Sorry, what? And this was in 2002 that he was sentenced. Okay. He has since appealed for his release into the community in an outpatient treatment facility the courts are like, nah, man, you got to stay there. Nah, man, you fucking skinned a chick. <laughs> you can't do that. A clinical psychologist used eight tests to assess his mental state, and they concluded that Vadim no longer had a psychotic disorder, but he's suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, attention deficit, amphetamine-induced psychotic disorder, and full sustained remission, by the way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> amphetamine dependence opiate dependence, alcohol abuse, cannabis abuse, hallucinogen abuse, and personality disorder not otherwise specified with antisocial and obsessive compulsive traits. So he had a lot of like personality disorders, but also just a lot of fucking drugs. Yes. Like if he didn't do the fucking amphetamines, meth, whatever, the marijuana abuse and alcohol abuse, like marijuana cigarettes, the marijuana cigarettes, maybe if he got sober, like half of his fucking diagnoses would go away. Oh, exactly. And I think I write this somewhere, but he admits, like, I'm pretty sure my fucking mental illness is brought on by my drug abuse. Maybe cool uh, it with the meth, bro. (laughs) Because he had been abusing drugs for so long since he was so young. Yeah. Okay, so like I said, other psychologists who have evaluated him, they're like, we don't think he has personality disorders. We think he abuses the fuck out of drugs. Yeah. So in 2009, he believed a transistor had been placed in his... A transistor? A transistor. Like a transistor radio? Yes. Okay. In his spine. Oh, well, where else would you put it? Just placed, planted. It was planted there during a surgery that he had had five years prior, and he thought the FBI and NSA were tracking him. Okay. Why? Yeah, like, what's so special about you? Well, I mean, if he was fucking Keanu in the Matrix. (laughs) He's like, I'm the chosen one. Yeah. They want to know what the fuck I did. He was like confronting all the doctors and shit who performed the surgery. And he was like, no, admit 
and fix the documentation and admit that you put this thing in my spine. And the docs were like, no, we're not going to do that because <laughs> we didn't do that. I'm not going to feed into your psychosis. Yeah. And he's like, well, they're all lying. Like, Obviously. Yeah. When he talked to his psychologist they're like, or psychiatrist and they're like, don't you think this seems weird that no one believes with you, like believes you or goes along? Don't you think this seems not sane? And he's like, no, they're lying. So, like, he's totally out of touch with reality. So he's still fucking in the Matrix. Exactly. All right. Also, in 2008, he claimed that he was working on a system to improve telecommunication security at the hospital he was living at. And he was doing this by using information he had obtained by hacking into the NSA computer system. He had the equipment and the steady hands to perform that kind of procedure? <laughs> in the hospital, in the psych hospital? Yeah. yeah. Evidently. Just he's fucking like, in his huh. robes, he had a laptop. Right? And he's like, you know what this place needs? Better telecommunications. <laughs> well, better telecommunications security. <laughs> oh, good point. Like, right? our fucking phones are probably tapped. Let me fucking <laughs> fix this. We don't need this here. Yeah. I mean, his spine was tapped. He's like the worst person to be doing this. <laughs> That's true. Can cross wires. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, he also admitted at the time of the murder... That he was not only under the influence of marijuana and meth, that he had tried gamma hydroxybutrate, which is a sedative used to treat narcolepsy. Oh. <laughs> and it can also be used as like a day rape drug. Jesus. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to do meth and pot and shit. And also I'm going to day rape myself. That would be the worst kind of date rape, though. Could you imagine being a rapist and then spiking someone's drink and then they fucking skin you alive? <laughs> they go fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're like, no, this isn't what I signed up for. This is the exact opposite of what I wanted. Well, I think some people abuse it kind of like how they do sleeping pills where it's like you take it and you try to stay awake because yeah. then you have these like hallucinogen hallucinations. hallucinations. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm fucking hallucinating on cough drops. <laughs> so that's the story of the murder of Ella Wong. Well, holy fucking shit. I know, right? There really wasn't a lot of information on her or his background other than like the mental health or anything like that. Yeah. That poor girl. But also people don't rent out your rooms. Not that I'm at all victim blaming. No. But that's yeah. really unsafe. Yeah, absolutely. We're not victim blaming. But wow, that's scary. Yeah. The fucking Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix defense. There's like two other cases where people have successfully pled this, by the way. That's fucking ridiculous. Isn't it crazy? Like, I feel like they just think that it makes them look more insane if they don't plead insanity, but they plead the Matrix defense. Because then it's like, you're essentially just pleading insanity, but it's like, you're too fucked up to plead insanity. Like, you have totally lost touch. Yeah, yeah, you really committed to this role. (laughs) Okay, Aaron. Well, goddamn. All right. Give me your murder. You ready for this? Yes. I don't know if my voice is, but it's hanging on by a thread, guys and gals. All right. Well, I am going to tell you about Marcus Wesson. All right. He was born August 22nd, 1946 in Kansas. Okay. He was the oldest of four kids. He was raised in like a religious household where I guess his mom was like a fanatic kind of religious. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was like the norm in the 40s. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Well, his dad was an alcoholic and a child abuser. Oh. Which you could also probably say was the norm. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah, not great. Yeah. But then the dad abandoned the family when Marcus was a kid. And so, I mean, at least you're not being abused. Silver lining. Yeah, silver lining. But I'm sure that also puts a fucking toll on you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So then his little family moved to California in the 60s. And Marcus dropped out of high school and joined the army. He was stationed in Europe, and then when he came back to the U.S., 
he left the army and he met a woman named Rosemary Solario. It's always a woman. It's always a woman. <laughs> she was married at the time. Scandal. Oh. But she ended up leaving her husband and had Marcus move in with her and her kids. Damn. Yeah. Very progressive. Mm-hmm. So then in 1971, Marcus and Rosemary had a kid together. Ooh. And during this time that they were together, they're not married or anything, but yeah. they're just together. Living Mar- in sin. Yeah, exactly. Marcus was actually grooming one of Rosemary's children. What does that mean? Like sexual predator grooming. Ew. Oh, yeah. Ew. Why? Because he's a fucking... He's not the... I mean, he's the star of the show, but he's oh. not the good guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ew. So... Does that mean he, like, does things so that she doesn't think it's out of the norm? Essentially, like, yeah. Yeah, like a, a predator online grooming a kid would be, like, talking to them and being like, oh, you're my best friend and you're so cool. Oh, and gross. Nobody else understands you like I do. Oh, gross. And then building up this trust and then being like, send me nudes. <laughs> Ew, I hate it. But that's like nowadays online. This one, he was living with, well, with Rosemary and her kids. His stepdaughter, yeah. Essentially, yeah. Oh, gross. So this was a little girl named Elizabeth. And he told Elizabeth, and I'm presuming also Rosemary, because I don't know how you would get around that in this situation. Okay. That God had chosen Elizabeth to be his wife. No, 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 no. Ew. I hate it when people use religion like this. I, yeah, I hate it when people use religion to gain any sort of fucking, like, just personal prestige. gain out of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, no, God speaks directly to me. He wanted me to tell you. Yeah, that, that you need you, to change your life. You owe me $5,000. Yeah, yeah, that I need a fucking jet to get to the Andes. <laughs> or I need to touch you where you pee. Yes, exactly. Ugh. God said that my hands are magical and they need to be on you. This piece of scum. Yes, so, at eight years old, <gasps> it just gets better and better, right? I hate it. Elizabeth and Marcus got, quote unquote, married. What? Yeah. Like, obviously not in a... There was a ceremony. Yeah. They had a ceremony in their home, but not, like, in a church or anything. They yeah. weren't like, hey, everybody, come to this reception, right? It was not anointed by God. Maybe it wasn't his eyes. That's gross. Yeah. But... Marcus was 27 at the time, just to, you know. Yeah, I guess it's good to know what age he is, but it's still gross. Oh, it's absolutely disgusting. (laughs) Anything over, I don't know, nine is gross. (laughs) And also, they shouldn't be married. She's fucking eight. Yeah, seriously. You don't know what you want at eight. No. You don't know what you're willing to compromise with at eight. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So to paint the picture a little bit, Marcus was a 400-pound man. Okay. He had long dreads, but they were kind of matted together into like one big dread. Oh, he had the one lock. Yeah. And it was described as caked in dirt and oil. Ew. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, I can smell it. Yeah, you can absolutely smell it. Oh, I feel like it's on my hands. Yeah. And Gross. he's a rather big fella. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's just not an all around appealing person. Yeah. In my eyes. Yeah, this poor girl. So the family was always on welfare, and Marcus was never able to keep a job, and he would have his older kids work and give him all the profits. Yeah, I think that was pretty typical of, like, the 60s. (laughs) Yeah, right? That's why people had kids. (laughs) (laughs) Go out and make money so I can sit at home. (laughs) Well, 
he would separate the boys from the girls of his children. Yeah. He would separate the boys from the girls because he was afraid that they would start to experiment sexually with each Ew. other. Oh my God, this should never be a problem in your household. No, and it shouldn't be a fucking thought in your mind of no. like, oh, maybe my fucking son is going to molest my daughter. Jesus. Like, that's not a normal thought to have. No. So the boys lived in a rundown shack in the woods. And uh, what? <laughs> yeah. And the girls lived with him on a boat. What? It was also a rundown boat. What? I was thinking like they like separate rooms. I didn't know you meant like totally different homes. Oh no, like fucking different places. Whoa, that's like, weird. Being raised separately. Okay, so hold up. This guy is basically L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. And there, the girls are in the Sea Org. <laughs> well, I mean. He is described later as, like, a cult leader. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So just to keep in mind where this is going. All right. So they also stayed in an army tent that was set up in the woods for roughly 12 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this kept That's them out. That's why his one dread was dirty. <laughs> right? <laughs> they don't have fucking showers in army tents. No. Well, this kept them out of the public eye. So, like, no one would question why they weren't in school or, oh, you know. Oh, God. Living off the grid. Yeah. He homeschooled all the kids himself, and he didn't allow Rosemary or Elizabeth to have any say in upbring- in the upbringing of the children. Because, you okay. know, he's married to, Ro- to Elizabeth now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's his wife, his second wife. Yeah. So Marcus was apparently obsessed with David Koresh, who was a cult leader and oh, involved in a standoff with the ATF that ended in himself and 79 other people dead. Whoa. Yeah. What's the ATF? Uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Oh, so, now I know. Now you know. So he was like, this guy had some great fucking ideas, and he was a cult leader and a religious crazy person. And I idolize him. I idolize him, and I want to be just like him. Oh, and God. that's a little fucked up, because this guy killed a lot of people. Yeah. Or caused a lot of people to die. Yeah. So he got the idea to turn his own family into a kind of cult. Oh, good. He taught them from a handwritten Bible. <laughs> oh, my God, stop. <laughs> Which, first of all, dedication. <laughs> <laughs> Or fucking psychotic. Yes, that too. But goddamn, could you imagine writing a Bible? He ain't got nothing else to do. He's just hanging out in a fucking army tent or on a broken down boat. You're not wrong. He's like, I'm going to write a goddamn Bible. Yeah. Well, this fucking handwritten Bible portrayed Jesus as a vampire. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> now you have my interest. <laughs> He taught his kids that he was God. Oh, God. And he would have them call him master or no. lord. No. Yeah. So does that mean he thought he was a vampire? Oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, I know why you picked this case. <laughs> <laughs> he also taught them about Armageddon and to always be prepared for it. And, like, he basically had the whole family prepared for the end of the world, right? A little doomsday prepper. Yeah. Also, according to his Bible and teachings, all of the girls were destined to become his wives. Ew. Yeah. Those poor girls. Fucking gross. He also gave himself and his daughters and nieces vampire names. Ooh. His vampire name <laughs> was Jeva Mark Supire. Did he just... What? Jeva Mark Supire. What? Well... That's not even cool. He just mixed shit up? Yeah. It was a mix of Jesus... Oh, Marcus. My Stop it. And vampire. <laughs> Say it again. Jiva Mark Supire. Oh, my God. That might be genius, actually. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Listen, no one said he wasn't creative. That's like when you make up your own language when you're little. Yeah, and exactly. You're like, it's called Ushkabov. Yeah. <laughs> 
So back to Elizabeth, right? Okay. The eight-year-old that he married? Yeah. Marcus started sexually abusing her when she was 12 years old. Whoa. Yeah. She got pregnant when she was 15. Ew. And Marcus. By her own dad? Stepdad. Stepdad. Still gross. But, I mean, they weren't married. He wasn't married to Rosemary, so technically with just this dude that fucking was dating his mom. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, either way. Yeah, gross. Yeah. Marcus legally married her when she was 15 and pregnant. Whoa. And they ended up having 10 children together. Whoa, no way. One died in infancy. Oh, Lord. I bet they're living in a fucking army tent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got all the goddamn modern day amenities and my baby almost dies every day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. That's a joke. It's a goddamn miracle. (laughs) But can you imagine fucking the amount of pregnancies? No, that sounds miserable. She was literally pregnant. All the time. All the time. Oh my god, this poor woman. As if rape wasn't enough. Right? At some point, one of Elizabeth's younger sisters left her seven children with Marcus and Elizabeth, claiming that she was unable to care for them. So he had... Oh my god. Also, seven nieces and nephews, which just kind of fell into the fold. Like, But he didn't make them. Actually, I think he did father at least some of the children from Ew. Elizabeth's younger sister. Gross. Yeah, so they were his nieces slash daughters. This is fucking confusing. I know. It's a whole, like, I'm my own grandpa type thing. Yuck. So Marcus was also sexually abusing two of Rosemary's other daughters and three of his own nieces. Oh, my God. Which were three of the seven kids surrendered by Elizabeth's sister. Jesus. So basically, if it's a girl, he's molesting her. Yep. If it's a girl, it's destined to be his wife and he's fucking touching it. Oh, God. All of these other girls had children by Marcus. Uh Uh-huh. And he, quote-unquote, married each of them in home ceremonies when they were between seven and nine years old. Ew! Yeah. Why? Like, I mean, I guess they grow up thinking this is normal, right? That's exactly right. Oh. Some of the girls, or at least one of the girls now, was like, I remember being happy and, like, being excited for this. Like, it's my wedding day. Exactly. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. So sad. So Marcus fathered up to 18 children with seven girls. Oh, my God. That's why all the guys have to go work. Yeah, right? Jesus. And it's why they all have to, like, leave the house because he's fucking raping them. Building this, I don't know, society where this is okay, like incest is okay. Oh, gross. So... As I mentioned earlier, Marcus was preparing his kids for the Armageddon and teaching them that he was God, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he was also convincing them of a kind of suicide pact. Oh, God, no. And if anyone were to try to break up the family, they had a suicide pact to uphold. No. Oh, yeah. He even bought 10 caskets from an antique store just in case. What? Yeah. What? Well, you're going to need a lot more than 10. Fucking right? Yeah. Maybe they're going to double up. Oh, yeah. So he told his daughter, Sabrina, and his niece, Rosa, that they were his, like, special soldiers or little soldiers, and they might have to hunt down and kill family members who betrayed him, or they might have to kill the family themselves if it came to it to prevent them being separated. Oh, Jesus. It's really sad that he's, like, planning on this happening, right? Hey, guys. This is totally normal, but in case somebody says that it isn't, then here's the plan. Bite this cyanide pill, kill these people, 
Exactly. It's because he knows it's fucking wrong. Like, exactly. You know you're in the wrong, and so you're going to tell your kids, like, oh, this is totally fine. Fucking kill everybody. Yeah, super normal. Everybody else is wrong. One witness even described that when they saw the family leave the home, Marcus would be in front, and the women would walk behind him dressed Ew. in... Yeah. Dressed in black robes. Oh, that's kind of spooky. <laughs> with their eyes down and not speaking. Oh my god, these poor souls. Yeah, so super fucking culty. I hate this guy. So despite all of it being super fucked up in and of itself, yeah. most of the family were all happy to be there and happy to marry him. Like, yeah, because they thought it was normal. Yeah, that's their family. Some of the children remember Marcus organizing plays and concerts among the family. So, like, Jesus, something that a fun dad would do. He had enough for, like, a choir. <laughs> right? Enough family. He's like, put on this Shakespeare play for me. <laughs> we'll be holding auditions at two. <laughs> right? Sorry, you didn't make the cut. <laughs> Your little sister outshined you. Yeah. One of his nieces, Ruby Ortiz, was later quoted saying, as saying that she was actually happy to marry Marcus, which I kind of talked about a little bit. Oh, God. And that he had told her that when he had sex with her, that that was a father's way to show affection to his daughter. <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are these people, like, so messed up now? Um, I don't know. I want to say no because, like, they kind of seemed normal, like, that they were like, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit fucked up, but also this is how we grew up and, like, that's what we knew. As normal, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think some of the boys still, like, stick by him. Oh, my gosh. Which will be even more shocking when you find out what happens. Okay. So when Ruby turned 13, Marcus said that she was old enough to get married to him and that, quote, God's people are becoming extinct. We need to preserve God's children. We need to have more children for the Lord. Oh, my God. No, you don't. You have so many. Yeah, right? Marcus planned to move his family to Washington State where his parents lived. But on March 12th... But he didn't have a car fucking big enough to take everybody? <laughs> yeah, right? When are you going to rent a fucking party bus? <laughs> Just caravan up there? Well, I think some of the kids would be old enough to drive at that point, so... Jeez. But on March 12th, 2004, two of Marcus's nieces, who had moved out but left their children... Ugh, don't do that. Yeah. they trying to victim blame. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But also, like, you got out. Ugh. don't you think your kids want to get out oh my out? god but if i had seven kids i'd probably be like oh my god like what am i gonna I can't do? do this on my own yeah. yeah well these two nieces they brought some extended family back with them to attempt to get their children out uh-huh and i guess they had heard that marcus was planning to move the family so they were afraid that they were gonna lose all contact with their kids yeah marcus told them no like basically you can't have your fucking kids back oh my god and all of the rest of the family was yelling at them, calling them Judas and whore and Lucifer. Like, Whoa. just being like, you left the family. We all fucking hate you, right? Oh, geez. Yeah. So this led to the police being called out to deal with the child custody issue. Uh-huh. And then a standoff between the family and the police followed. Oh, my God. Because he just, like, primed them all to be like, if anybody tries to separate us. Exactly. Oh, no. This is the moment they've been fucking rehearsing. Oh, no. So at first, Marcus appeared to be cooperative, and he was allowed to go back into the house. Well, shortly after, gunshots could be heard from outside the house. Oh, God. And then Marcus came out covered in blood. Oh, no. So police arrested Marcus and went into the home where they found <gasps> nine bodies piled in the room with the coffins. 
No. Like they had a coffin room? Yeah, they had, well, remember I said he bought fucking 10 caskets? Yeah, I guess you got a storm somewhere. Yeah, they had a fucking coffin room. And oh it's not God. like they were in the coffins. Like Ugh. they didn't all lay down in them. They were Ugh. just Oh my scattered. God, that's so sad. Yeah. Oh, what the, if they were like no? Oh, I don't I don't know. Yeah. And I don't ever want to know because I, I mean, part of me is like, this is really, really, all of me is like, this is really, really sad that they died. But part of me is like, I hope that they were like, okay with it. Yeah. Because yeah. if I, they weren't, like, that's just so much worse. I, yeah, I agree. I guess. Kind I of. I hate it. Yeah, I know. Me too. So the bodies belong to Sabrina, who was 25, Elizabeth, who was 17, Illabel, who was 8, Aviv, who was 7, Jonathan, who was 7, Sidonia, who was 2, Marshy, who was 2, Ethan, who was four, and Jiva, who was one. Oh, my God. Okay, so those younger kids. Yeah. I don't know. They have no idea. Oh, my God. My son How is two. How could you do that? I couldn't. I, I have no idea. I could not do that. My son is two years old. But if I were to be like, hey, we have to do this for Jesus or whatever, he'd be like, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's a quote. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> well, they were all Marcus's children, and some were Marcus's children and grandchildren. Yeah, it's so fucking twisted. Yeah. The other children who weren't home at the time obviously survived this ordeal. Why didn't he kill himself? I don't know. This bastard. He said that that they're all going to go down together. Right? And like, prison's not going to be better for you, bro. Oh. I don't know. Well, they were all shot with a twenty-two caliber handgun shot through the eye. Ugh. All of them? All of them. In the eye? Yep. Oh my god, they all stood there watching each other. Yeah. Oh my god. Apparently, it was so horrific that some of the police on scene had to go on administrative leave after this. Oh, my God. I bet. Or into counseling. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. So as for the trial, Marcus was tried for nine counts of first-degree murder and 14 counts of forcible rape and the sexual molestation of seven of his daughters and nieces. The jury couldn't say whether or not Marcus had actually pulled the trigger killing his family. What? What do you mean? He was covered in blood. He's the only one who walked out of the house. Get this. Stop it. The gun was actually found with Sabrina, and her DNA was found on the gun. So she killed everybody and then suicided? Yeah, but remember, she was one of the people who was supposed to be his little soldiers to kill the rest of the family? Yeah. But I mean, however, even if Marcus didn't kill them, he was still responsible for persuading her that she should kill the family if they were uh, yeah. ever threatened, right? He, like, brainwashed them. Exactly. That's fucking trippy. He didn't, why didn't she shoot him? Oh, my God. I don't know. Maybe he was like, I'll kill myself after you shoot yourself. You go first. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I'll show you mine. You show me yours first. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Marcus was sentenced to death on June 27th of 2005. Uh-huh. Damn. Wait, when did all this happen? 2004. Oh, okay. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Fun fact, some of the kids actually still stand by Marcus, which I talked about a little bit. That's insane. The boys were raised separately from the girls, so they may not have been completely aware of the extent of the abuse in the home. I think that they were kind of saying, like, I mean, it wasn't really that bad. But what also, are you talking they, about? When they there's, like, new fucking babies popping up, and they're like, hey, uncle so-and-so. Yeah, right? This one looks an awful lot like dad. Yeah, again. Oh, my God. Yeah, but they're also not the ones being raped and forced into fucking child marriages and stuff, right? Yeah. So, that's my fucking story. Jesus, criminy. Yeah. That's insane. It's crazy that it's so recent and, like, monumental, and I had never heard of it. 
Right? I thought so, too. 2005, we were fucking seniors in high school. 2004, yeah. we were juniors in high school. But, exactly. I mean, around that time, they were, they were in, in California. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't remember where in California. But, but fucking somewhere. But somewhere in California. And, like, we're in California. Yeah, we should have heard about that. I, I agree. Like, high time in my crime, true crime passion. Right? Exactly. Right at that age. <laughs> Right at the prime time where we're learning about, like, all this fucked up shit. That's insane. Yeah. Those poor people. Those poor little kids. Those poor babies. I wonder, do you know the total number of people that were, like, living there or impacted, you know? Like, 18 kids and him, or? I don't, I mean, he had 18 kids, but there were other, like, Rosemary's kids as well. And I think she had, like, I want to say, like, it was around four or something, but I, it, it never actually gave a list of her children cool. and yeah. his children yeah. like i couldn't find a fucking family tree <laughs> which would have been super helpful for this case my god that family tree would be really tangled yeah it would oh what a tangled web we weave oh yes well god damn god damn wow yeah well on that lovely note <laughs> well all right lady we've gotta thank some patrons here oh yeah our favorite people on this whole earth on this whole planet all right, so we have Faith. Thanks, Faith. Amanda, Jamie, Jared, and Caitlin. Yay, thank you guys so much. And girls, and ladies and gentlemen. Thank and you. Men and women. And people who choose to identify as whatever the fuck they want to. We love you. So goddamn much. Okay, my voice is like toast. So you sign us off, Aaron. All right. Well, most of you already know, but we'll go through it again. We need to cover it every time, just in case. Just in case. You can look for pictures pertaining to the cases on our website, isgdpodcast.com. We also have links to the Patreon and the merch on there, which I am going to be designing a new thing. I'm thinking I'm leaning towards probably something spider bagelish. Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> the ideas that we're getting like fucking spitballed in the Facebook group were like cracking me up. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> or a... Uh, favorite slogans or things so keep sending suggestions but that's fucking awesome also you can email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com you can send us case suggestions or just tell us how we're doing or be like hey guess what happened to me today we will fucking respond because that's awesome we love them and you can find us on social media at isgdpodcast we're on twitter facebook and instagram and We also have a Facebook group, which is pretty fucking awesome. I love it. Me too. It makes Facebook legit better for me. I like now prefer Facebook. I know, me too. Because of everybody on there. Me too. And that is the goddamn pod group. Come join. Yeah, go join. Come join. See us. Hang out with us. Talk with us. (laughs) Chat with us. We can also discuss cases if you guys wanted to. We don't normally. It's normally just ridiculous memes and fucking funny shit that happens to people. But we're down. (laughs) Yeah. Come talk to us about whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Yeah. You can send us stuff at P.O. Box 2764 Spring Valley, California 91979. That's Aaron's job, the P.O. Box. That is my job. I think it's been dry. Has I think it, it has, dry? I think it has been dry for a little bit. I gotta check it again, though. Oh, well, then it's probably a fucking piled up with all of our <laughs> goddamn fan mail. It's at least piled up with our fucking junk mail. <laughs> I hate that shit. So annoying. All right, lady, is that everything? I think so. Crushed Wait, it. no. Subscribe, rate, and review. Oh, yeah. You should also subscribe, rate, and review. 
because that's awesome and makes us feel good about ourselves or bad about ourselves depending on what you feel yeah (laughs) (laughs) very true (laughs) but do that and until next time we'll see you soon bye bye and if you're all caught up on our podcast stay tuned for a promo from that dead body show Hey guys, I'm Brandy, and my husband Douglas and I host That Dead Body Show. We talk about dead bodies, murder, the victims, and those that just play the victim. All with the sarcastic, foul-mouthed, dark humor that you'll come to love us for. Or not. Even Even if if we we talk talk over each other other sometimes. sometimes. Jinx. Download us with your favorite podcatcher, and find us on all social media at That Dead Body Show.